0: To Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. What if something you've believed your whole life, something that you've been told for as long as you can remember, turns out not to be true? Tia lives with her mom in a small, rundown house in New Orleans. It's just the two of them because her dad, for as long as she can remember, has been in prison for an armed robbery. Not that she's ever seen him, at least, not that she can remember. Her mom never likes to talk about her dad. In fact, she acts like he doesn't exist at all. They never go to visit. They never see him. It's like he just disappeared. But Tia knows where he is. He's locked away in the Louisiana State Penitentiary for life with no possibility of parole. Most days, Tia doesn't let that bother her too much. I mean, she has good friends. She's got a lot going on for her. She belongs to the Children's Choir in New Orleans, and it really fulfills her. She loves to sing, and not only that, she's really good at it. So when she heads off for her Thursday practice, she's really just thinking about her upcoming performance and hoping that she's going to do really well, and also crossing her fingers that her mom somehow will be able to get off of work and be able to come and see her. And because it's super hot in New Orleans, as it always seems to be there, she decides she's going to take her standard shortcut to head to the church where the choir practice is held. Not that she's ever told her mom she does this, of course. Ma would have a fit if she knew I went this way, but it would take me twice as long to walk all the way around, so I took a deep breath and forced myself forward. The key was not to stop, keep my eyes locked ahead and my feet moving. I hadn't gotten more than two blocks when I saw the usual gang of men on the opposite side of the street hanging out on the steps of a boarded-up building drinking beer. My heart raced, but I tried to look like I wasn't hurrying. I concentrated on the beat of my footsteps, and then I made up a melody and sang it in my head. I added and embellished until my focus was complete, and there wasn't any part of my brain left to worry about what might be coming. Hey, white girl! A chorus of whistles and laughter shattered my song. One of the men flicked the still glowing stub of his cigarette in my direction. Why don't you come over here and hang with us? he called. It wasn't even funny, but they all laughed, slapping their knees. I walked faster, staring ahead, pretending not to smell the garbage baking in the heat or the stink of their beer. But then one of them, a young guy I didn't recognize, said something new. Your cracker daddy still rotten in prison? I looked up quick and tripped over my own feet. How did he know about that? No one talked about my father, ever. Ever. Only a handful of people knew that my father was behind bars for life. Keisha and her family knew, plus my school guidance counselor, and I suspected Miss Marion. But other than that, part of me wanted to stop and find out how this complete stranger had heard about my father. But I'm not that dumb. Instead, I scanned the horizon for the steeple of the New Haven Baptist Church. There it was, just four blocks up, rising above the rooftops. Why don't you and your mama take your sorry? The guy said something real bad, too bad to repeat. The worst thing to do is react, but I flinched, and the drunk men laughed, excited that they'd gotten a rise out of me. That's when I broke into a run. The men had won, and they knew it. When I was far enough away, I glanced over my shoulder, and the young man was holding out his fingers in the shape of a gun, aiming it at me. Tia begins to wonder... If what she's been told about her father all these years is really the truth. Pieces of Why by K.L. Going